We've got a really special show for you guys today. We're joined by the amazing Adrio Zhuka to talk about Beyonce's legendary album Lemonade, and we end up talking about Shia LaBeouf, Daft Punk, white saviorism, why you should and shouldn't talk about race, the wrong ways to fight racism, and mucho mas. Don't go anywhere. Welcome to Opinions That No One Asked For, or Otnov, or The Nof. My name is Jordan. And I'm McKay. And this is a show where two guys sit down and give their opinions on basically anything. From the Shia LaBeouf, to onions, Hard eyes. to milk, this and all their varieties. Surprisingly connected topics. You get it. <laughs> you, you know where we're coming from. <laughs> yeah, honestly though, when I think of Shia LaBeouf, I think of eating onions off of uh, God's Thumb Mountain. You know what I'm talking Do about? You? Holes? Come oh. on. Come on. That's classic oh. Shia. That's like, oh, I should have said oh. like lizards for the third one. Yeah. Dang y- it. Yellow spotted lizards or whatever. Anyways. Is that what they actually are called? In the movie, yeah, they are. Yellow spotted lizards? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. The ones Dang that, yeah, will, won't bite you if you smell like onions. Sorry right. to do that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we're very excited to have Adrian Zuka here with us. Um, our first guest on the Otnof. I'm the first yeah, guest? First one, Are you first kidding one. me? Yeah. She's our 10th guest on the podcast. We've had a ton of guests. <laughs> She's by far our most famous, though. Yeah. We have, like, Invisible Owen Wilson and Shia LaBeouf, amongst, yeah, amongst others, on the show all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm always thinking about them as we record. I mean, record. Shia was here this week, right? <laughs> yes. Talk about that. Shia LaBeouf was in Utah. No way. Where? Sunday? Jordan was like, let's get Shia on the podcast. I was like, yeah, we can totally do that. <laughs> yeah. We have an average of Does 25 ha- listeners. Does he have social media? I don't know. Probably not. Sure. We watched Eagle Eye. Sorry, Adrian. Oh. I'm totally sidetracking. We watched Eagle Eye this week, which I'd never seen. It was way good. Yeah. I was very impressed. Have you seen that movie? What is it? It's, it's essentially like, like Shia LaBeouf gets turned into a secret agent by this computer that like takes control of his life. I don't know. It's pretty crazy. It's sick. I mixed it up in my brain with Wanted, which is oh. the James McAvoy movie where they curve bullets. Which I think they both came out when I was like twelve, and I wasn't allowed to see either of them. So in my brain, they were the same movie, and I was like, the whole movie, I was like, I can't wait for them to curve bullets. It's gonna be so sick, and it never happened. So Dude, that was disappointing. That movie, okay, with that. So like growing up, I'm the oldest in my family, so I was like, we would watch. I was like watching Disney a lot because I have younger right. siblings. Oh yeah, because you have younger then, siblings. That's yeah. Why. <laughs> and I liked yeah. it. And I liked it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> But I was, like, in 7th or 8th grade, and, like, the new Tron was coming out, Ooh. and I had seen the original Tron, and I was, like, so hyped for it, and, like, Daft Punk Wait, was in it. you had seen the original one? Were you born in 1975? My dad, I was sick. My dad was cool. He okay. showed me. We, we watched right. 80s I get movies. It. I get it. I don't know. I didn't watch that until Disney Plus came out. It is pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's fine. Sorry. We'll get into that another, another day. <laughs> Next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but anyway, I was like super hyped for it, and Daft Punk was in it, which I also got made fun of yeah. for. Oh, what? Yeah. My, you know, people at my school like, only listen to school. rap. They only liked rap, and I liked Daft Punk as well, amongst other things. Weird. But I got made fun of for liking Daft Punk, and it makes me sad thinking about it to this day. You're safe here. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. This is a safe space. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, anyways, I was like, guys, are you like stoked for Tron? Like, it looks so sick. And, like, oh, I saw the 80s ones. Like, looks way better. Kurt Russell looks way better in his 60s <laughs> than he did in his 20s. Thank goodness. Yeah. And they're like, you watch Disney movies? 
And I was like, this kid oh, no. sucks so I was bad. Like, don't we all? Like, <laughs> how old were you? Like, I was in like seventh or eighth grade. Jeez, dude, your yeah. school was the worst. You were a little old though. I mean, slightly, we'll but, but like, like as far as Disney movies go, Tron barely Tron even sick. counts, right? There's no yeah. princess. So I like got, thinking like Disney Channel. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I watched Disney Channel in yeah, like seventh grade yeah, too. Yeah, though. Things <laughs> are, like, yeah. It's not gonna pass that. Oh, like it's a yeah, great it's show. True. It's true. I gotta see what Doof is up to these days. Where is Terrya? Okay, but anyway, I got made fun of. I got made fun of like for watching Tron and Disney, and then I went to my dad and like, hey, could I like watch an action movie? <laughs> like, <laughs> can I watch one I, with no like, kissing? <laughs> <laughs> You can just tell me when to kiss. I'll close my eyes. <laughs> but um, he's like, sure. And so, Eagle Eye was one of the movies okay, I first watched. Wow, in that's that an era. intense movie. Is like an early like. There's some yeah, pretty brutal. Yeah, it was awesome. I felt like a true movie. man right? after that, which is like pretty graphic. I was say like for like a 13 year old who'd never watched an action movie before, it'd be pretty. I watched. I had watched like some action movies. Okay, but Phineas this was like the movie. This was like. <laughs> <laughs> We play space soccer, whatever. Don't oh, let them violent. <laughs> so, anyways, Eagle Eye, sick. Shia, Good movie. Shia, come through. Come on. This is this is safe space. Yeah, you're safe here. We'll, we'll help you heal. We know he's looking for healing. We watched Honey Boy. Is he really looking for healing? Shia LaBeouf. I don't know. He's had a rough he's go always for the past for few years. He's been in and out of rehab and yeah, the abusive most, relationships. The most recent stuff. incident was with FKA Twigs. Who, I don't do you guys know oh, her I saw stuff some at headlines all? about it yeah. I, yeah I don't know much she's like very artistic sure has some cool stuff I he mean, said she, he was pretty physically abusive very abusive to her yeah but like Shia like he owns the, the cool thing about him is like he owns up to it he's like yes like, it's hard yeah because you can that. like see that he's in pain and that like but he does some pretty brutal things that aren't excusable but then I also can feel empathy for him because you can see like He's had a tough life. I don't sure. know. And he tries. And he does, like, really cool stuff for people in the community. Like, yeah. he, like, started a theater company in Compton yeah, for kids, and stuff. Right? Like, and it, like, has helped a lot of kids. Like, he does, like, way cool stuff under the radar. He's but... had to hope that he can get his act together with yeah, just women, him. I feel like, is one of the things he has an issue with. But mm. Women. <laughs> Anyways. McKay's voice cracks occasionally. <laughs> Never. <laughs> It's always on purpose. Speaking of women, um, Adri's here. <laughs> and we, we were going to talk about um, lemonade. That's amongst what, other things. That's what uncultured people call it. <laughs> yeah, amongst other things. But So I, I just to launch us off, to be completely frank, I'd never listened to this any of this album Gosh. before this very day. I can't say... Any of it? Not a single not song. A single song. What? I, okay... So, I I don't know. I don't want to like blame this on. <laughs> yeah, this her we'll back. get through this. Remember, this, this is, is a safe space. Her fists are clenching. <laughs> I, I I don't feel like I'm necessarily in the uh, target demographic for Beyonce music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I. I like appreciate her as an artist and I can see that she's awesome, but I just never, I don't know. I don't listen to a lot of pop. I don't listen to a lot of R and B and that's kind of her, her niche seems like, yes, you know what I mean? But, I feel like people think, I just feel like I've heard from a lot of people that they've never even yeah. heard of Lemonade or they've never even listened to it. And I feel like it's because they associate Beyonce with like Crazy in Love, Beyonce, like mm, Bop. The hits. Kind of yeah, the hits, yeah, which like big I, hits. I also love. How right. could you not? But Lemonade is like a whole nother level. Like it, it truly is like such a, a piece of art. 
I believe it. Well, and when it came out, whenever that was, it was 2016. Was high school? Oh, just out of high school then. I yeah. was on. I was in Iowa. <laughs> I remember when it came out. There was all this drama because she talks a lot about like Jay Z's infidelity in the album, right? Which is what I heard about when it came out, and everyone was like, "Oh no, they're gonna get a divorce." And then everyone was also like, "But wait, Jay Z's her producer. He obviously wasn't surprised when she dropped this oh, album because yeah. it yeah. wasn't it a surprise release, right? It was kind of like a just all of a sudden she dropped yeah, it at midnight one night. I think it was it was a visual album first right, it's and got a, then she it's released got hbo movie that went with it, right? i think that's the order the timeline if i'm correct yeah totally and also jay-z's in one of the like right in the songs yeah, yeah so it's not like he was i remember people were like oh no what's he gonna think and yeah. then they were like wait obviously he knows yeah. what she wrote about i don't know yeah so i don't know tell me about your experience with like lemonade can I, and the can music I pitch in something real quick yeah what you're saying earlier like how people don't know like lemonade the album by her um i think it kind of you and i have so adrian and i are friends i know we, oh, nice. we've been friends for a while yeah adrian and i just met and we i think like really we became friends because of Beyonce. Yeah, literally that's like the first <laughs> we were, like, conversation we're, like, we had. hanging out like a little like party like get together thing mm-hmm. and then you and I were talking and then we like got talking about music you told me like you like Beyonce a lot and I was like oh I love her sister Solange yeah and you're like what and you're like that's crazy Clay no one knows about Solange uh-huh. like, yeah I know she's crazy <laughs> and then like <laughs> we and talked then what? And, then what? <laughs> and then we talked about Lemonade <laughs> but anyways um full circle moment yeah yeah, yeah. this is nice <laughs> this is crazy group hug later jeez <laughs> <laughs> this is great <laughs> but I think like Beyonce's got the bops and the hit singles and everything that everyone's like, yeah. aware of that's like that's like my experience with Beyonce yeah yeah and it kind of goes to like albums versus singles you know which you and I have talked about and I I feel like you're slowly starting to convert so you're putting forth an effort yes which like makes you so happy I don't want to say it's dying but it is kind of a dying art form is the album as a piece of work like Mm. like for example we got a record player recently which obviously you can only listen to like an entire half or like third of an album at a time. Yeah. And maybe this is my upbringing, but I'm like half the time I'm like, man, I really wish I could skip this song. Really? <laughs> That's yeah. how I usually am too. Yeah. I wonder if because of record players, albums will come back. Prediction by Jordan City. They did. They did. I know last year records outsold CDs for the first time in like 40 years. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. And I think it was 2020, maybe 2019. Boom. Which is weird. Because I, I, you heard I, it here first. I think it's because here, a lot of people are buying records, first. but also no one buys CDs anymore. <laughs> so it's kind of a combination I of the two elements. It's not yet cool to buy CDs. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, yeah, it'll resurge. I'm stocking up. I'm buying CDs. Right? Not, I... I got my Mormon Tabernacle Choir CDs stashed away somewhere. <laughs> They'll be worth something someday. But I think like what's like hard about it is like it is an album, and plus on top of that, she had the visual album, mm-hmm. which like made it like this artistic entity that people mm, right. were like, "Where are the bops at?" Yeah, it's like you need to listen to it all right. to like get this full story of what happened. Sure. So I think that's why there's like. She didn't lean on to, like one marketed hit single. It yeah. was a piece of work as a whole. And always yeah. that one time which isn't really happening anymore. And so I think that's why like some people don't know it as well. Totally. But I do think it is her most controversial, maybe, work. I think just like how it was portrayed by the media, just in context of what happened with Jay-Z yeah. and Solange fighting in the elevator. Yeah, oh my gosh. Oh yeah, that's just crazy. old drama. I remember that. Yeah. Well, like I say, if that hadn't happened, I might not have been right. aware of the album, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Well, and I wonder how much that was like a starting point for her 
deciding to do the album and like because okay. i feel like that was a big moment of her like reclaiming the story kind of because there was like that leaked video and like mm -hmm. everyone all this talk about their infidelity and, and stuff mm -hmm. yeah but then it was like when her album dropped it was like kind of her reclaiming a story and like putting it into her own words and it's cool like it's her taking control of the narrative yeah yeah it's hashtag like, hamilton yeah. what's that song do you love hamilton? control of the narrative yes i love hamilton so much <laughs> Adrian's like tearing up we should do another hamilton episode i'd be so down another group hug <laughs> is this good so yeah back, back to, to my, my previous question mm -hmm. that was a good comment sorry i don't mean to be that, that way. but I, I'm, I'm just curious because like me i'm like a i don't know upper middle class white dude i'm not like I, I, I listened to a lot of songs today and they're really good like I really dug I think it was forward with, yeah. with Jacob Blake is that his name Jacob Blake James Blake James, James Blake it's close. who has an amazing cover of Godspeed yeah. I have heard that good song I feel like there were elements of the songs that were going straight over my head mm. because I I don't know I'm just curious how like you connected to it as someone who's like a more passionate Beyonce fan totally so be Lemonade is actually like what made me into a huge Beyonce fan. Okay. That's when I really was like, whoa, I feel heard and seen by Beyonce. Mm -hmm. And I think Lemonade specifically, and because I think most people think of Lemonade who know it and they just think of like, oh yeah, that's like, that's when Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce. Basically. Right. That's like I what mean, the that's album all I knew about. about it. Yeah. yeah. And like, that's true. It's like her basically grieving through that and stuff. Mm -hmm. But like... There's so many themes to it that I think are really meaningful for like women and black women specifically. But like, I think for me, what has like meant a lot to me, and it's changed throughout the years since yeah. it's like been yeah. released and stuff. But like, I think right now what is really meaningful for me is like the narrative about kind of generational issues within the black family hmm. and specifically like how racism and like systemic oppression basically and like slavery and stuff how that like continues to impact black families specifically because i think when we talk about when we talk about racial issues it's like police brutality and like right kind of the hot topics yeah the world, right? and and like totally valid They're like, relevant. Yeah, mm -hmm, yeah very very true but also i don't think like i like that lemonade gives it an even more holistic view of like how those issues in the past those historical issues and stuff how they impact other things like black families essentially hmm. yeah so. the smaller details of your lives mm -hmm. than just the big events and things you see online yeah for sure that's something that i didn't because upon upon first listening to lemonade i was like all right she's just you know trying to get through this and it was cool that like jay-z was still a part of it and i thought it was like it was hopeful oh also side note <laughs> Kim filed for a divorce today. For real? Officially? And I am so sad. I am shocked with how sad I am, too. I am, like, so sad. Were you a big Kim, Kanye, yes. like, shipper? Kimye all the way. Really? But, like, didn't we all see it coming? No. <laughs> well, well, I mean, her marriage before Kanye was literally 100 days long. Yeah, I think it was, like, 72. Okay, yeah, not even 100. <laughs> so, anyways, back to the album. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> First listening, I was like, okay. The relationship problems, grieving, getting mad at Jay-Z. Um, it's like, okay, cool. Listen to it. I know what it's about. And then, like, she has, like, these, like, not intermissions, but these poems throughout almost, like, skits. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, okay, I do not understand this at all. And it made me so upset. <laughs> and I was just like, dang it, like, why don't I know? Yeah. But I, so there's a podcast I really like called the Dissect Podcast. 
um, which is awesome. And they break down these albums and go through all the details. And they, like, found out about the poems and, like, basically helped me understand the album. I thought it was so cool. And they talked about that generational pain um, kind of being carried down. And I actually just watched a – I'm taking a Hispanic cinema class. Okay. And we just watched a film called The Milk of Sorrow. And basically, this is, like, this indigenous lady who was, like, raped during this war. And then, like, basically, like, this this idea is that – the sorrow and like this pain, this fear can be like transported like, through the breast milk to her child, and then it's like shows her dealing with it. Yeah, it's like a super interesting concept. And then I think it like listening to the album, like hearing these poems, because yeah. Beyonce found out that she derives from a slave owner and a slave. Yeah, she found out. Interesting. And like now she's like having to deal with that and like these problems that have been in her family before, and now she has to like, deal with it herself. And so like. Understanding that aspect of it, like into the album, like made it super interesting. Yeah. And like maybe appreciate it a lot more. Totally. And I feel like that's interwoven throughout the album. Like, I feel like as a black woman who's like also come from a broken family and like, you know, a dad that wasn't really in my life and stuff, I feel like I really like empathize with her, like basically fearing that that's going to be a generational thing because her parents I think her dad also cheated on her mom and and so like just like that thought of like I'm going to change this like this is going to stop with me but then it's like just the fact that it like happened and all of her like fears about that were kind of like realized essentially it's like your biggest fear with your own yeah especially with your own family like you're trying to build a home and stuff and so just the fact that it's like that generational thing like did reach you and stuff um i feel like i really empathize with that fear but i like that it's like throughout the narrative she kind of reclaims it even though he did cheat on her and he did hurt her you know a lot and she's and throughout i think even in the end when it's like kind of the resolution she admits that she's like still healing and stuff from it and she's still working on trusting him but like i like that it's like she chose to still change I don't know. She's not going to believe that, like, that's just an inevitable thing. Right. Yeah. And I would imagine, too, this is totally me speculating because I don't know anything, but I would imagine just, like, societal stereotypes, I feel like they kind of push that expectation onto families and people of color. Like, they expect dads to be vacant and yeah. and to not be there or for... If it's not happening for... Maybe it'll skip a generation, but... In, you know what I mean? I feel like people... And, and it, I mean, there's a spectrum. Some people are a lot more bigoted about it. Some people, it's more of an implicit bias, but people kind of expect that. So I can imagine in her position and, and yours, maybe mm-hmm. like it'd be scary to have people to expect that of you to feel like it, it could be inevitable because of that expectation. You know, for what I mean? sure. That's, yeah, that was kind of huge a few years ago. So I'm from Provo. And so mm-hmm. I'm like very used to being in like the only black person (laughs) not a very diverse city exactly i'm used to being surrounded by a lot of white people being like one of the only black people or people of color um in college i did like this um civil rights seminar thing where it was like a group of students got to like learn spend a semester learning about the civil rights movement and then we went to the south like georgia and alabama and stuff and like saw a bunch of civil rights sites which was cool that's cool and um a lot of the students that were picked to go on it were like black because you're supposed to have like a close experience like with black history and stuff but i remember one of those nights we were uh like in georgia or something and it was like in my hotel room and it was like me and like three or four other black girls 
And that like doesn't happen to me often, but it was crazy because we were all kind of like talking about our families and like every single one of us had like absent dads, basically, or like at least divorced parents. And it was like this weird thing where it was like, it was really cool on the one hand of like- like, You can connect and share experiences. Totally able to like empathize on that level and we could like really truly understand each other, which hadn't really ever happened. But it was also like equally as like sad, sad that yeah. it's like it's like we have we have to deal with this totally like it's it's almost this is our like life. yeah it's like almost like an epidemic I feel like with yeah. black families one like sorry that you have to go through that like it's just that's hard I'm like thinking of a bunch of songs right now but you mentioned earlier that the the album kind of gave you a voice or kind of like it brought these things up that you've been experiencing and you felt with I feel like this was you mean you brought it up like this is a major point but what other things kind of made you felt heard because of this album yeah i well and i think specifically on that topic she talks i feel like a theme is that it's like in order to um kind of grapple with the realities of like her failed marriage she needed to like look back on her Mm. past and kind of come to terms with that um and then once she did that she felt empowered to like move forward and like continue hopeful essentially that her Hmm. family didn't need to be like this broken family that like helped right it's not inevitable it's Mm -hmm. not yeah something inherent exactly yeah and so i think that for me it was like really helpful to be like okay i can like look back on my own family history recognize that it's like not perfect recognize the hurt that like my mom experienced and um but i don't need to like claim that as my own narrative i don't need to like see that as an inevitable thing of like my future is bound for that Mm. but right and i feel like too that's similar to the way like the way you and her connected with your ancestors i imagine that's similar to the way like you connected with beyonce's work Mm. itself you know like last week on the podcast we talked about a song that i've connected to a lot because it talks about mental health in a way that I felt very personally relevant and like it's not like providing mental health solutions or anything you know what I mean but it's just like talking about it you know Mm. like this is what it feels like to be in this deep abyss and feel awful and like it wasn't it's not an uplifting song by any means but like I could connect and then feel like I can move forward just by just like putting a name on it and addressing it so I'm wondering it sounds like it's something similar to the kind of connection you make to this work as well as connecting to like your ancestors in your family history it's yeah. like putting into words the things that you feel or experience but that you can't really describe yeah exactly. and it's like someone does and you're like oh shoot like, yeah yeah. <laughs> and I, and yeah and i feel like it builds empathy because like like i felt like in the conversation we had last week i could explain things that like i don't know that like jordan had necessarily experienced and like vice versa you know like we i feel like we connected well having that conversation because i could be like look at this song like this is how i felt before you know what i mean yeah. which and I'm ranting again, but like I had this experience last year where I was on a flight and I, again, like I don't listen to a lot of, you know, R&B and this kind of music, but I decided to listen to Kendrick Lamar's latest album all the way through because people are always talking about um, how awesome his lyrics are. The D word album. <laughs> the darn album. I'll keep, I'll keep it G rated for my little brother. <laughs> the darn album. <laughs> but great album. I loved it. Um, but it's like, again, it's talking about like, a lot of topics and situations that I am not necessarily personally connected to in my life. I've grown up very privileged and blessed and I don't know. And it, it, I feel like it helped me 
to like further empathize especially because that kind of happened before all the 2020 stuff that's happened and i mean things were already rough but it's kind of come to light a lot more this year and so this whole year i've thought a lot about those songs i listened to like that one day i honestly haven't even gone back and listened to it again but like that one day oh my gosh like gosh makes me sick (laughs) whatever i i I liked it okay i'm talking about right now but yeah it's like there's uh there's just the one song i can't remember what it's called but like it helped me to feel like empathy in a way that i don't know that i would have otherwise it's the same thing i've kind of heard about um get out which i have not seen because i'm a little baby it's so good Right, and I, from what I've read from Jordan Peele, it's him trying to let viewers know what it feels like to be a black man, mm-hmm. you know, surrounded by white people, which I haven't seen it. We've talked about this before. I'm a little crybaby, and I'd probably pee my pants because it seems a little <laughs> scary. But it seems like it can help people empathize and connect to situations that they would never be a part of otherwise. Yeah, music and, and film is amazing for that reason. Like, kind of what you're saying, I feel like it can both help you like open your mind to other situations that you really can't like directly understand or whatever but also yeah like with your personal the things that you're going through i feel like even just like putting words and feelings and notes and you know like lyrics or whatever putting that to your feelings is like so therapeutic almost over music and stuff but like i was saying earlier like you've been able to experience it on a personal level and i'm kind of a a bystander you know Uh i don't know that's the right word but like i'm on the outside looking in yeah i feel like we're learning and like i I feel like we have to work pretty actively to learn about these things Mm. i try my best like i feel like i'm like i try to keep up with the culture and like study this stuff out and like i study in depth and you know and to understand but again it's just like I feel like I'm a part of it, but I'm also, like, not at all. Mm-hmm. I'm white, and I haven't experienced, like, all this stuff that many other people have. And I was, like, in terms of, like, empathy, it's, like, oh, because of this music, I now understand, like, what's going on, but I also don't. And I wonder, like, do you feel, you know, with you growing up, being with, like, a bunch of white people. Yeah. I, I don't mean that, like, a negative connotation, like, I'm a bunch of white people. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, like, 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 white saviorism is an issue, right? Yeah, I, like, I didn't know the, I didn't know the label. Thank you. Because that's, like, that's, like, my biggest concern is, like, I learn this stuff and I love this stuff, but it's yeah. just, like, where is my, I shouldn't be, like, trying to find a place in it, but it's, like, yeah. even with this podcast, where do like, I find, we don't like, want to feel what? like we are like talking to you or like listening to this album and being like oh we know what it's like let us be the voice yeah. of reason you know what i mean no totally like we just yeah what are you okay. what are your thoughts <laughs> sorry Cause that's like like a big concern of mine it's like like where where am i at where do i fall on this yeah and it's like it's not my place to even like really do that either well I, and like first of all i feel like the fact that you're aware of that both of you is like huge because i do think i've had some like r- ridiculous conversations with a lot of people where they're that's not even going through their mind you know so i feel like that's a huge part of it but um 
I think empathy versus like sympathy, it's a hard mm. balance because yeah, at the end of the day, it's like you can, you can listen to albums, you can watch all the films and stuff, but it's like, you're never going to understand what it's like to be a black woman or, you know, like mm -hmm. it's like people yeah. can listen to Lemonade, but it's like, that's experience. It's never going to be theirs or whatever. And I even find that with myself, like I am a minority, you know, but I don't understand what it's like to be in the LGBTQ right, community right, or yeah. like even even like Asian Americans like it's our experiences yes. are so so different I think that has been a pretty frustrating thing and I think I've only really found my voice in that within like the last few years like I think college really helped me but I I think when I was younger it was a lot of just like swallowing through like hard conversations that mm. kind of didn't feel right and I didn't really know why but I think looking back it was just like a misplaced empathy type of thing. Like it was like, yeah. people would be like, the, the worst thing <laughs> is like, when people are like, oh, I served a mission in Africa. Oh yeah. And so like, I totally get what it's like for you to be like the or only like, black person. I've got person. like a cousin who's adopted and he's black. Exactly. Or you know, I, yeah. Yeah, where it's like, I get that like, yeah, technically you were a minority, I guess, in that situation, but it's like, it's so different. Like you were, first of all, a white person in, like they were like looking up, putting you on a pedestal right, of anything different. because of your skin color. Like, yeah, you were like set apart because of your skin color, but like the racial dynamics were so different. Yeah, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, go ahead. I, cause I've grown up in a few different places with like different kind of demographic mixes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think, cause I've felt that temptation before mm -hmm. um, as a very uninformed white guy who is prideful and wants to feel like I know everything. <laughs> like it's hard for me to not like talk to somebody and be like yeah like i grew up in a place where you know i i was statistically the minority mm -hmm. but i don't yeah it's hard because i don't i i understand where these people's temptation comes from to be like oh i understand what it's like but like i feel i feel like and this is kind of the case for anything like with anyone's experience that's mm -hmm. different from yours like we have to take those things and learn from them but never superimpose those mm -hmm. and make assumptions about other people's experiences because like i can never like i can't assume that my experience growing up in like south america is anything like being a black person in america because it's not and there are shared things that i'm sure are helping me empathize and i'm trying to sort through my experiences and learn from them so that i can be more empathetic but yeah it's it's this temptation to superimpose it on people and then write off their issues because yeah. you think that you know what it's like and you know that oh maybe it's really not that bad they're just you know blowing totally. it out of proportion you know yeah. like that's not empathy that's not that's not really anything that's just finding justifications of, to write off someone else's experience that they're saying is real that you're saying isn't for sure yeah. and yeah i think like it's a really human thing to try and like put yourself in someone else's shoes and like just try and understand yeah. um but yeah, I think you worded that really well. And I think 2020 like really taught the world and communities and society about a lot about that because like I think um, there's a lot of emphasis on like listening to black voices, kind of like elevating yeah. black voices. And that and that didn't mean like everyone who's not black to not ha like put in any work, you know, like or right. not like it's like just a big thing of like, okay, have those conversations, like ha whether it's subjecting yourself to like media or articles or books or you know black people in your community and stuff it's like let's take the time to have those conversations 
it doesn't need to be like you have nothing to do with it but like right but don't don't yeah don't like assume you know what's going on and then speak over yeah. someone's voice whose actual experience it is because i feel sure. like that's what generally happens is we think oh like i have a black friend i understand what he's going through let me now talk over these voices that should be speaking from firsthand experience yeah sure i feel like it's, it's interesting because like we're in the same country like we're americans mm-hmm. but yet within it we have different cultures and culture experiences like yeah like you'd like the black community black experience in america you're the hispanic community you're the asian like you know we yeah, are we're so all many. like americans but we all have different experiences in america like america means something different to like each of us sure. you know like home is just different yeah. and so it's like i think we can like jump to conclusions and be like oh like i heard this and so i understand this but like really it's like i always like um how to kill a mockingbird that book like yeah to kill a mockingbird Oh yeah, to kill a bird. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> love that book. Though. How to how to pimp a butterfly? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Also a great book. <laughs> um, the great author Kendrick Lamar, <laughs> literary he laureate. Win, he did win a Nobel Peace Prize. He did. I he got a yeah. Pulitzer Prize, not a Pulitzer, Nobel Peace Prize. Gosh, dang. Very different. All right, keep fact checking. You're doing great. Like, You're doing great. Real quick. Dang. <laughs> Sorry, man. All right. Sorry. Continue. I'm very trustworthy. Um, <laughs> But just like Atticus's line, just like you can't like understand. Okay, I'm butchering it totally. It's not good, man. But just like you can't understand someone until you walk a mile in their shoes mm-hmm. or like till you get in their shoes. And I've always liked that a lot. And so I think like my approach, like listening to music, is like okay, what is this person experiencing? Mm-hmm. What can I learn from them? And how can I I better empathize with people? Yeah. But I think now, especially with you know, I think 2020 a lot of the teachings and these these experiences got brought to light by Mm -hmm. people and i was like i've already listened to like i'm like i already already know like so much because i like i listen to darn i listen to like (laughs) i've listened to darn multiple times (laughs) okay okay. and to pimp a butterfly which is like how to pimp a butterfly that album is insane you listen to the album, mm-hmm. you learn a lot. Yeah, I need to listen to it again. I remember that's like the first thing I thought of when I was done is I was like, I yeah. listened to it again. That's yeah. And so I think the difference then is like the learning and learning to empathize, but not making assumptions. I think that's mm. where people go wrong is like they listen totally. to To Pimp a Butterfly or um, they listen to Lemonade or whatever, yeah. and then they make assumptions about what they understand about the black experience or the indigenous, mm-hmm. the indigenous person's experience or what it's like to be a woman or any of those things. Yeah. They assume I read these statistics and so I understand and I can make these assumptions and then speak for them. And I can say, Oh, we don't need this piece of legislation or, you know, we don't need this or their experience isn't like this, mm-hmm. even though they might be saying something, they themselves are saying something completely contrary. And so I think we have to learn and experience and intake this media and these like different voices and just learn and be humble i think rather than making assumptions about someone else's experience because that's when you end up um overpowering voices that need to be heard i think um i totally agree i'm gonna butcher her name but chimamanda ngozi adichie have you guys heard of her she she has a ted talk (laughs) that's like really famous she's this um african talk is amazing my dad is also shout out dad it's his birthday dad has a ted talk no, he loves that TED Talk. Oh, okay. Happy yeah. birthday, Dad. Super good. <laughs> happy birthday, Dad. Um, you have to say it too, Adri. Happy birthday. What's his name? Dad. Jason. Dad. Jason. Dad. <laughs> Papa Jason. <laughs> In that TED Talk, she says, um, she's like, the problem with stereotypes is not that they are untrue or something. It's that they are incomplete. And I feel like that's kind of the Whoa. same type of thing. I know. Deep, right? 
Yeah. But like, I feel like it's the same type of thing of like, you, yeah, you can like intake um, all of these different mediums and all these different stories from black people. But like at the end of the day, it's like, it's only one person's experience. Right. And, and that's kind of been hard for me too throughout my life is like, I feel like people assuming um, that anything I have to say is like that. You're representative the of all black women. Yeah, right. exactly. And right. it's like, no, I like, I think it's I probably relate with a lot of other black women but also i'm like from utah and like yeah. my experience is very totally different. different so yeah yeah so yeah i think it's like being able to really sit down and like listen to that person's experience as their experience and not like superimposing your own um beliefs or what you've heard right. and, sure. just learning from it and letting it be what it is rather than making all these assumptions of for for sure. about all black people are about yeah. you know for sure it's like while there might be like a general shared experiences or stories there's like it's all individualistic at the same time mm -hmm. with like anyone's experience yeah something that uh, sorry were you about to say something i lost my train of thought oh, <laughs> even, be, even before you cut me off okay. so i'm glad you <laughs> saved yeah. me i was like okay. sweet like <laughs> take <good>. the wheel <laughs> adrian take the wheel wow whatever oh something that's also been hard for me and I think I experienced this a lot more when I was younger and like not know how to navigate topics of race and stuff. Sure. But like a lot of people, like a lot of my white friends, I feel like would come to me and even in the past year, sometimes this happens, but like people would come to me as a black person to kind of validate the beliefs they already had mm, about it. Like it'd be like, sure. hey, hey, Adri, I wanted to sit with you and like, and most of the conversations I've had with my friends have been like really, really good, but like there's gonna a, be those biases no matter what yeah totally but like yeah i've had a few people be like hey i just wanted to talk to you about this and i remember one specific experience where it was like she sat me down to talk with her about racism and if it's still present and i remember feeling just like so bulldozed over like it was like at the end of it i was like did i even uh, say anything like she was it was just like looking for validation for what she already believed yeah exactly um, mm. And so that was just like really, really frustrating. Yeah, just going back to just like actually listening empathetically, but not mm -hmm. to the whole confirmation bias thing could be a whole nother episode of the podcast because people looking to receive information and that confirms what they already believe and blocking out anything that doesn't, I mm -hmm. feel like is one of the prevailing issues in the United States of America today. I feel like something, I could complain about that. Something interesting I was thinking about, I think something too is we, we are too quick to try to relate. Mm. and so be like, oh yeah i now i i understand that now yeah like well it's like you can tell me something hard that you're going through mm -hmm. i'm like oh man i went through this i know exactly what you're going through it's yeah. like yeah it's like we try to empathize you know it's like coming from a good place yeah you know but i had a, i talked with a friend recently and they opened up about some like mental problems that they're going through and it was like super sad and i was just like i cannot even I, like as she's talking and like in my head I'm like okay how can i how can i relate mm. you know like just automatically you know like how can i connect and then i like she told me like her spiel and like trying to find some way to connect but like mm. i have i can't even like imagine like your experience yeah you know and i was like man like why why am i like that like why do we do that like we just like try so quickly like to like be like oh yeah i've had the experience i don't think it's like necessarily a bad thing and like sometimes, yeah, it, can, sometimes it can it can actually help i think like the more we focus to try to like listen and understand just to like be there with that person it's mm -hmm. like validate themselves like your experience and stuff is like okay like i'm not gonna try to quickly jump to like this time when i was in africa or like mm -hmm. this time like when i was with this person it's like i already like it's like i already know what you're feeling you know yeah. it's like 
I think that's kind of what we should probably try to look for. Like when listening to these, you know, black voices or something that's going on, it's like, listen to like their own personal story. This is their experience. And like, even if it's like someone that we are kind of the same, like in a similar demographic, it's like everyone has their own in- individual experiences and everyone has their own voice. Yeah. Cause a lot of times I think just especially, yeah. When someone's telling us something that they're going through, like we think that they want to hear that, like we know how to fix it. Mm-hmm. And I think 99% of the time they just want to be heard. Yeah. You know? Like when, like I'm talking to my wife and one of us is having an issue with, you know, our emotional health or stress or whatever, which happens a lot because we're students, whatever. Like my first instinct when maybe she's having a hard time is to think like, okay, like here's some steps you can take, we can take today or I can take to help you like get past this, which aren't necessarily bad things. And those may come into play later, but I feel like what I've learned and what I'm trying to be better at is like 99% of the time, she just wants me to be there. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want me to be like, oh, I know exactly how you're feeling because when people do that to me, it can be very invalidating it feels like oh so like everything i just said doesn't really mean anything to you because you already knew everything and it seems like you're being helpful but you're really just making them feel dismissed Mm -hmm. and i think just like listening and just being there and being someone that can listen and learn from it and use what you learn to inform your future interactions but don't use what you learn to form assumptions about people Mm -hmm. and to assume that you understand everything you know yeah so yeah well and um I think we need to also do better at just like being able to sit in discomfort too because I think oftentimes when we're needing to connect I think some of it's just like human nature like us wanting to help people by like expressing things that we've also experienced but like I think some of it too may come from you being uncomfortable with a conversation and almost like wanting to mitigate it. You want to yeah. compartmentalize it. Be like, oh, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, kinda... Moving on, like, let's get past this, like, awkwardness. For sure, yeah. And so I, I think, though, that we need to just be better at, like, letting things be uncomfortable a little bit, letting things yeah, be hard. And, yeah, just, like, hearing people out and, like, and not jumping to say that you understand. You're right. When it, yeah, invalidating them by acting like you already understand everything that's going on. What? This is kind of... It's probably like a hard and it's also a broad question. Mm-hmm. Like, what are some uh, examples of those conversations that you would want to have with mm. people to like help better understand? That's something I've been yes. wondering. I'm like, what are questions that people want to be asked? Mm. Like, what are questions that people want asked to them so they can be better understood? Yeah. I don't want it to be. I don't want you to feel like you're representing like black people For on you the podcast. Yeah. yeah, you know. <laughs> maybe. Well, maybe that's what it is. Like, you know. maybe it's not a specific question or whatever, but like maybe it's just the acknowledgement that like me being black in like a white environment, like obviously mm-hmm. my experience is going to be different than like mm-hmm. a lot of my white friends, and but also acknowledging that it's like that's my experience. That's as a you. Part. Yeah, that's Adrian. Yeah, acknowledging that there is a wider. Ra- array of like experiences and stuff but like first acknowledging because that that kind of stinks too when I feel like the people around me are almost avoiding these topics of race and whatever Hmm. um and especially this past year like it's kind of crazy you would like it to be brought up yeah I think so because it was like obviously the world was struggling with it and it's like of course I was like struggling like it was really really um, tough definitely so just acknowledging pain and also like not asking me to be the voice of like because i'm the only yeah tell us what all black people are feeling yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. for sure thanks so much for being with us adri we will have to have you back on
Thank you for listening to Opinions That No One Asked For, or Atnof. Atnof is hosted by me, McKay Menden, and Jordan Sitterud, and I did the editing. Original music for this week was done by Tyson Sitterud, who's the best, and I love him. Make sure to reach out to us on social media, on Apple Reviews, on Pinterest. Pinterest. I knew Jordan was going to say that. Um, We want to hear your feedback. We want to connect with you. Uh, we want to give you little virtual hugs and kisses. You think it's fake, but it's real. Yep. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs>